Hey, Real Nerds. There's many ways to enjoy the Real Nerds podcast. You can listen to us on Stitcher, iTunes, and now Spotify and iHeartRadio. You can see what we're up to around town by following us at Real Nerds on Instagram. And if you want to send us your thoughts, you can email us at realnerds at gmail.com or call us at 720-6NERDS5. Like us on Facebook at Real Nerds Podcast or tweet us at Real Nerds. And now on with the show. Shot and a real nerd can follow the plot, and a real nerd can but talk film. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Take it outside. Well, a real nerd knows who shot, and a real nerd can follow the plot, and a real nerd will give it all the guts. Lights, camera, action. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, the best movie podcast on the internet, 100% verified by everybody. Just ask them, they'll tell yeah. you. We, we had the Mythbusters come in and scientifically prove that we're the number one movie <laughs> podcast on the internet. That so, if we did, I'd be like, indisputable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no matter what you say, that is an indisputable fact. Yep. Um, <laughs> So every week on Real Nerds Podcast, we see a new movie and podcast our experience to the world. However, Brad, I shook things up this week. Yeah, you did. Yeah, and I decided that there's two movies I wanted to see. And this week we saw Wonka and Poor Things. Stay tuned till the end of the episode where we will, well, actually not the end of the episode anymore. We haven't done that in two years. <laughs> Stay tuned <laughs> soon where um, I will... First, we'll do Wonka, and I'll we'll either recommend the film or not, play the trailer and spoil it. Then we'll follow that up with Poor Things, recommend the film or not, play the trailer, and then spoil it. Um, then we'll talk about some movie news and things we watched throughout the week. You know, just other people's art makes our world go round. Yeah, and like what a fortuitous pairing because, you know, both these movies are pretty opposite except for the fact that they're both whimsical. Yes. <laughs> Hundred percent, and I, um, yeah, I agree. The um, I was one quick uh, note that we are recording Film Explosion twenty twenty three on January seventh. So make sure you send us your list of your favorite films from this year, and we will share them on the show and say talk about them, and you know maybe make fun of you or maybe agree with you. Who knows what could happen? Yeah. We dare you <laughs> to send your list <laughs> yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> Just do it. Do it. Um, so, yeah, please do. Um, Brad, we'll start with Wonka. Do you recommend Wonka? I mean, if you like Paddington, uh, like, you'll probably like <laughs> Which Wonka. I've never seen. Oh, neither of them? No. Wow. I mean, number two, Henry. Like has just told you for years. You need to. I know. You need to see at least two. Um, I know it's, it's high roll, bro. But yeah, Wonka. You know, I I prefer a Willy Wonka that uh, is kind of jaded and wants <laughs> An to asshole. embarrass children, <laughs> uh, teach them lessons. So you know, this movie is far from that. Um, but it's like a sweet family movie that you know does the typical 
triumph over evil story. Uh, yeah, it's it's fine. You know, the music's good. Uh, all the characters are fun. Yeah, it's just a fun, sweet, saccharine time. Um, but yeah, as as someone who appreciates teaching kids lessons, uh, harsh <laughs> lessons, you know, this they're, 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 that's far from this movie. Um, you know, it's one of those movies that I'm actually surprised I liked as much as I did. Yeah. Um, because the trailers were awful. <laughs> so, um, that, I mean, I knew it was somewhat of a musical, but I didn't know it was a full blown musical. Um, I was expecting it to be like the original Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> and, um, you know, where Gene Wilder just has a couple weird songs and the Oompa Loompas are in it. Um, but this one is nope, straight hardcore musical. Um, and I had fun with it. And I think uh, the set designs were cool. And yeah, it's a fun movie. Here's the trailer for Wonka. <laughs> so you're the funny little man who's been following me. Funny little man. How dare you? I will have you know that I am a perfectly respectable size for an Oompa Loompa. An Oompa what now? In fact, in Loompa Land, I am regarded as something of a whopper. They call me Lofty. Sorry. Ladies and gentlemen, greetings to you all. My name is Willy Wonka. You see, I'm something of a magician. Prepare to be amazed. Tape up. <laughs> Inventor. May I present Willy Wonka's wild and wonderful wishy-washy Wonka Walker? Please don't make me say that again. And chocolate maker. The best chocolate in the world. Ooh. He's good. Too good. And anyone can afford them. Even the... The poor? He doesn't like it when people say poor. Send Wonka a message. Do not sell chocolate in this town! You're gonna get more than a bonk on the head. I love a bonk on the head. What is with me today? You should stand up to those bullets. Give them the old one, two. I got an idea. Where do we start? Making chocolate, of course. Run away! Every good thing in this world started with a dream. So you hold on to yours. I guess it's time to change the world. Bumpa, lumpa, dumpa, diddy. I'm not in premium economy. Lights up. I am going flat. Huh. What is it? Nothing. Well, it's obviously something because you said, huh. Forget it. Very well. Huh. Oh, you did it again. Tell me what it is or I shall poke you quite viciously with a cocktail stick. Uh, Wonka opens up with uh, Willy Wonka r- arriving by ship. I'm guessing it's in London. Um, do they ever really say it's London, Brad? I can't remember. Uh, I think they did. I was, it wasn't very 
prominent. It seems like as maybe a uh, a hyper realized version of London. Oh, for sure, yeah. Uh, because I, I mean, I guess the other one does. Uh, I did like that at the beginning. It is basically got the seal of approval from uh, Roald Dahl's estate that they were somewhat involved, I guess. Um, and in it, he's uh, he's going to London because he wants to sell chocolate. And when he gets there, he doesn't have very much money. And he goes into this square where these three mafia-esque chocolate people. Um, the, the chocolate cartel. Yeah, the, literally. I think I think that's their name. And um, they control the chocolate in the world. And when he gets there, he stays at, uh, I can't remember her name, um, Olivia Coleman's character. Um, he stays there and doesn't read the contract. And he signs it, and it turns out when he can't pay for the room because he only sold, like, one piece of chocolate because the chocolate cartel won't allow him to sell chocolate there. Yeah, he, he um, arrives in London with plenty of money, and then the city immediately uh, just kind of taxes it, taxes it away from him over yeah. petty things, and then he's forced, yeah, to stay with uh, Miss Scrubbit. There we go. Well, he's tricked you know, he into it, yeah. I don't think too. When as soon as it started, I'm like, man, this opening song is really fun, um, and I, I wasn't expecting it uh, to be so fun. And I mean, obviously, you can tell by the trailers, even though I don't think the trailers are very good. It's a really colorful film. Um, but he goes there, and you know, it's an interesting allegory for even now, where certain people control a large swath of industry. Yeah, and they- I was thinking is parallel to the oil industry um yeah they they avoid uh being i guess uh penalized as a monopoly by colluding and creating the illusion of uh you know a free market when really they're you know they're in control of everything yeah exactly where they're rivals but they actually work together to keep uh poor people down they say poor people can't have chocolate and it's really fascinating when wonka gives them the chocolate at the beginning and how good he makes chocolate, but they'll never admit it. Um, yeah. They'd, and rather than pay him for his recipe, they'd rather just destroy him. Yeah. Uh, I, I did like the character though, cause he has this um, undying to meet a goal. Um, you learn his backstory that his mom got really sick and died. And um, her, chocolate recipe was his favorite chocolate in the world. It only has this one chocolate bar left that she made. And he has this notion that she's going to come back when he creates a chocolate store and sells it and makes it, has his own chocolate store in this one. I forget the name of the square he's in, but she, that's where he wanted to go because she said that's where the best chocolate in the world is. Um, and so that's how he gets stuck with Miss Scrubbit and he's in laundry duty yeah, indentured um, servitude. There we go. Perfect. And he meets a group of characters. Um, one mm-hmm. is uh, a young girl who was orphaned. Noodle. By being, yes, by being dropped in the laundry chute, <laughs> which is horrible. But she has such a great demeanor. And you learn that Wonka... Uh, can't read so he signed this contract and had uh, no idea what it says and so in turn for her helping him get out to sell chocolate 
uh, she's going to teach him to read. Um, and there's some really cute moments with them. Um, the giraffe song where they go to the zoo. Um, I don't know. I just really enjoyed this movie. <laughs> it was way better than I thought it would be. Um, yeah, it was cute. Like, Yeah, and I mean, obviously, eventually, he takes down the cartel and um, opens up his factory that we all know and love because the cartel kept all the chocolate underneath in rivers underneath the city. That's how he gets the little chocolate river in um, the Gene Wilder movie. Um, yeah, it's fun. And you little a little bit more about the Oompa Loompas. Uh, yeah. The, it was uh, a little bizarre because I don't remember. They're not that small in the original movie, right? No, I think they shrunk them down. So they're comically let like smaller than actual dwarves. So they don't get like, like, Hey, we're not making fun of dwarves. Like these are just Oompa Loompas. They're like a completely different, smaller version of people. I mean, so. but is that is that better though than um, giving people <laughs> with dwarfism a job? No, I I, I would give the dwarfism a, a job for sure. Like exactly, it, that's what I mean. Like because yeah. Hugh Grant doesn't need it, and I was reading that Hugh Grant hated doing what he was doing. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was a fun performance uh, of this. Like the backstory, uh, like there's a couple different stories going on. Like you've got Willy Wonka's story, then you got Noodles' uh, secret backstory. Uh, they're investigating. And then Lofty, apparently, uh, Wonka was just, you know, unbeknownst to him, he was just taking chocolate from this island that was protected by Lofty. Um, and then it, Lofty was exiled until he could, you know, like, re- recover it. So he's constantly hunting Willy Wonka. And Willy Wonka is telling his friends, like, hey, I have these dreams about this little guy stealing my chocolate. And I don't know <laughs> if it's real or not. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, eventually sets a trap to, you know, find out, uh, what's going on. And, so, like it's kind of fun that yeah this this one Lupa Lupa um, is like kind of like an action hero. <laughs> yeah, and you know it was fun that he knew that if uh, Lofty saw all the bad guys, he was trapped and underneath the drowning in chocolate. But if Lofty saw the bad guys eating the chocolate made for him, that he would take action. Yeah, um, yeah, just like I said, fun things. And actually, uh, I got a little misty eyed when he opened up the uh, chocolate bar from his mom at the end. And he said, and she said the missing ingredient is with the people that you love. Yeah. Sharing um, it with people you love. And that's what like actually will bring her back. So he does get his vision of her. Yeah, exactly. And uh, that's, um, it was just a cute message. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I kind of yeah, felt just... like it would have been more interesting if Willy Wonka had actually, I don't know, actually tricked the cartel into defeating themselves. Yeah, um, because like in this whole I guess franchise now, like I I'd rather see the middle movie where, um, yeah, what turns Wonka like to uh recluse and bitter? Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, they had a uh, Slugworth in this movie, like he's the connection through Noodle, um, but like I think the more interesting ta- tale is where you know Wonka does like really well, but then people start stealing his chocolates and like making derivatives of them. And then mm-hmm. he gets really paranoid of people and like, who can he trust to like share his creations with? So that's how he becomes a recluse and then mm. disappears for years. And then, you know, in the old movie, he reopens the factory again to, for, to find a successor. But yeah, I kind of want to see the one where people are like stealing from him and he's just like spiraling into like a Howard Hughes level. Yeah. I guess <laughs> you remember it better than I haven't seen the original in so long. 
It yeah, helps because I, I watched the original like a month ago. Oh, okay. Because I mean, obviously, I catch the little Easter eggs because they're obvious. But um, everything else, I mean, it, it's over my head because I haven't seen it in so long. But I do love Roald Dahl's books, and I, I do own the book. Um, yeah, it so, takes like an hour to get to actually like the actual um, tour of the factory. Oh man, yes, yeah, I yeah. don't remember that. Like, it's a lot of setup of. You know, Charlie's poor. Here's his poor family. Here's everyone track trying to track down all the tickets. And then, yeah, like yep. an hour and fifteen in, Willy Wonka like walks down that red carpet. You're like, oh man, how? Like, I guess there's not that many rooms in the factory to watch. <laughs> so, yeah, and that's over pretty quick because yeah, it's just like room after room after room and a couple songs and yeah. Mm. Yeah, I do remember that. I do remember that you know, Wonka doesn't come for a while because he's this mysterious kind of man. Um, and I remember I saw the one with Johnny Depp twice because Laura loved it so much, but I don't even remember that one to tell you the truth. <laughs> I couldn't even tell you what happened in that one. I rewatched that one earlier this year. And I mean, CGI wise, it's just a shit show. But um, the one thing I forgot that I was like, oh yeah, they introduced a, a subplot where Willy Wonka's dad is a dentist. And so there's a bunch of flashbacks of Willy Wonka and like headgear wanting to eat candy, but his dad's chastising for tr- like loving candy. So that yeah. sounds very Tim Burton esque. I don't even remember that. And I've seen it twice for sure. <laughs> yeah. But it's interesting. Like, yeah, that's the dad backstory, but that doesn't jive with the, uh, the mom backstory in this movie. <laughs> yeah. I, I like this backstory more. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I remember um, so yeah, when, I, when the other one came out, I was just like, oh, of course, his dad's a dentist that hates candy. And that's yeah. why he's all screwed up. Yeah, yeah, I know the uh, Olivia Coleman, and I don't, I don't remember the name of the uh, the guy who's with her, but my audience loved that part where he came out in the later hosen and um, was a Bavarian royalty and um, just a silly movie. Yeah, having fun. Secret, secret life is having fun. So I definitely recommend it. My Kellen loved it. Yeah. Uh, do Do you like have a desire for candy afterward? <laughs> he did not. He did not like poor things as much. But you know, what? What? I'm just kidding. I did not take him to poor <laughs> things. Like, you did not take him to poor things. Like no way. <laughs> Uh, Brad, do you recommend poor things? Uh, yeah, two for two. Uh, uh, this it, movie's like it's it's the Wes Anderson movie that I didn't get this year. You know, it's it's hmm. the it's the uh, I guess I guess dirtier Wes Anderson movie. Uh, like it's so whimsical and the the script is so funny. Uh, but still like a super well made quality movie. Um. Uh, like interesting story and message and uh yeah it's like a takedown of uh uh misogyny and patriarchy um, yeah and all the while just being hilarious uh just everyone has that dry west anderson delivery like all the characters mm-hmm. um and and yeah just yeah it's just it's silly and fun and my, my audience just like had a blast with it it was great uh yeah i loved this movie too i my audience, though, I was laughing 
at parts and no one else was laughing. So I thought maybe I was weird. Where'd you see uh, that? I saw it at the Alamo. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, and have you ever been in that situation where you're laughing and no one else is and you wonder if there's something wrong with you? I'm not a bit. That- yeah. I'm not a big, like laugh out loud guy. So yeah, I don't I- laugh like out loud, but you know, I do like a chuckle. Um, yeah. but no one else did. And I'll talk about it when we get into spoilers and one part that I did kind of laugh out loud and it's a really small moment, but I thought was hilarious. Um, but yeah, this movie's really fun. Um, it's right on, uh, I always forget the filmmaker, but the Yorgos Lanthimos. Yeah. But I really like the favorite, but I think this is my favorite movie of his. Oh, Um, that's the first one I've actually like, Oh, I want to see that again. Yeah, it's just well done. Um, Emma Stone is great in it. Um, and for how bizarre it is, it's easily accessible, I think. Um, here's a trailer for Poor Things. Do you want to see what the world is really like? Yes. My name is Emma Stone. I'm playing Bella Baxter in the film Poor Things. This is Bella. She's an experiment. She's understanding what it is to be a member of society. Good evening. The more autonomous she becomes, the more challenged these men seem to be by it. It's a very, very funny film. Why do people not just do this all the time? Mm. We must experience everything, Bella. This makes us whole. Bella! I wanted to play Bella because it felt like acceptance of what it is to be a woman, to be free, to be scared and brave. Bella. Why I keep it in my mouth if it is revolting? I must go punch that baby. Uh, Poor Thing stars um, Emma Stone as a woman named Bella who is learning how to be a person again. Uh, because as you learn through, as the film sets up, the first half is Willem Dafoe is a scientist who uh, put a brain into her dead body. Well, and so she had to relearn to walk. Her baby's and, brain. <laughs> yeah, her baby's brain who died because her character uh, at the beginning of the film, Veronica kills herself while she's, you learn that she's pregnant later. By the way, hopefully spoilers, we already warned you. Um, so when he did that, he took the brain out of her baby and put it in her. And so she has to relearn how to do everything, but she also is learning at an accelerated rate. And so the first half of the film is in black and white, which I didn't know. Um, and stylistically it looks really cool because it has kind of a Gothic horror feel to it with how, um, Willem Dafoe's character looks and the, it's like a Frankenstein movie. Exactly. And the like half chicken, half pig things. And, um, and you, as you go, you know, Emma Stone's character would say, Bella, no, like, and act like a child. Yeah. That's the and, thing I was blown away by is mm-hmm. early on in the movie. She's, she's, her tone is like that. And by the end, she's fe- speaking very fluently. And I almost didn't notice, like, it yeah. just naturally progresses so like meticulously that. I was like, wow, that is some good writing. Yeah, and I I know you're not a big fan of award shows, but 
I, I think she deserves the Oscar this year because you're right. When you see meet her for the first time, you forget it's the same character that you met at the beginning because by the end, she's fluent in French. She like speaks better than all the people in the film and she becomes a doctor. So her growth as a character is awesome. Yeah. And how she conveys it throughout the film is awesome to see. Um, but Willem Dafoe is this scientist who was butchered by his father for experiment purposes. And I kept laughing at the, how he would nonchalantly say how his father like tortured him. Um, <laughs> yeah. He has no he it in just grudge at conversation. All. Yeah. Like, well, my father was seeing if, if he burned my nose, if it would affect, um, <laughs> yeah, totally so normal it, stuff. Yeah. It's really bizarre, but Willem Dafoe was great in it. Um, yeah, he's got that weird belching thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. Cause he did, can't, what did his dad do with his digestive tract? So he has to be hooked up to something all the time. I don't, I don't remember just some other experiment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so eventually, uh, William Defoe's, I can't believe I can't remember his name. Godwin, uh, brings one of his students cause he teaches lectures about surgery at, uh, school and he brings one of his students to be, um, to document Bella's growth. Yeah. Max. And as he documents her growth, he starts to fall in love with Bella and Godwin says, I want you to marry her because I know you'll be good to her and take good care of her. And he agrees to do this. And then when he does that, he has a lawyer like strike up the paperwork. And it's my favorite character in the movie is Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> Cause he is like the shadiest piece of shit character in like movies in a long time. Yeah. But I love the way he plays it. And the part I laughed at that no one else did is he's, uh, she, when they're on the cruise ship and, um, she gives away their money and he says, you gave away our money. And he does this like quick turn away and bites his like finger <laughs> and the camera zooms in on him. And the way he, I don't know, it just made me laugh so hard because it's so bizarre. Um, that that's what I mean. I think I, when you say the whimsy, even though it's a really like weird scene, but that little moment in it makes me laugh. <laughs> uh, so anyways, he's, he steals Bella and they go on an adventure to, yeah. um, he's Lisbon. this bad boy. Young women fall for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, and then we get to that where we're talking about in the review where it's like 10 minutes of just fucking, um, yep. Yeah, and they do it and then they like, I don't know, go have like just bum around Paris and <laughs> try food. And then they come back and like, up, oh, let's do it again. <laughs> yeah. Um, what I loved about this movie, too, is it had this fantastical sense about it where stuff in the background, you know, flying trolley cars and um, kind of like steampunkish. Yeah. But it's set to Victorian. I, I don't know. Um, like all the cities you know, even... just feel like sound stages, but they're still like expansive and yeah imaginative yeah um and, you know i love i think it's in the trailer but after she kicks ruffalo's character aside and he's outside going bella <laughs> streetcar named desire style yeah, yeah. um just uh, there's a great actor on actor with robert downey jr in him and he talks about that he never he like he would do things that he maybe felt were unnatural to him as an actor and he didn't know if they would work. And 
he was told that they were going to work. And he said, when I watched the film, then he understood why he was doing things a certain way. Um, and he said it was a great challenge. And as I was watching it, I go, yeah, because he's like a total fucking prick. Because um, he's basically exploiting this woman who doesn't know any better for her body. And when she starts getting wise to him and smarter than him, that's when he starts taking his revenge out on her. Yeah. Um, he can't control you know, her he tries anymore. To th- yeah. yeah, tries to throw that old lady over the ships. <laughs> He's going to murder you. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's trying to like pull her and throw her over the edge. Um, and and you learn that the name of you know the movie comes not from Bella, but the poor people when she's on this luxury liner and she's in Alexandria and she sees these people who are dying in the streets and have no food. And you realize she realizes that's that her life doesn't mean anything if she can't help people. Um, it, it's a really fascinating turn in the film. Yeah, and, you know her her becoming a hooker and and a prostitute and sleeping with men just so she can get money out of it and not have to deal with the emotional turmoil of being with them. It's really funny to me. <laughs> yeah, she goes on an Odyssey of just like all about growth and just like. You know, she grew up in a a tiny world, and when she gets outside of it and makes all these mistakes and uh, just travels, uh, you know, she learns about class and uh, the disparity of that and mm-hmm. um, how men, uh, you know, use power to control. And then when she becomes uh, a prostitute, like, you know, it's, it's not much better. Like, there's still a, a class system within it. And uh, yeah, and she's. And she's pointing out the hypocrisy in it where, you know, when she's with uh, uh, fucking Mark Ruffalo's character and he's emotionally abusive and physically abusive um, and he still wants to have sex with her. She doesn't get anything in return. She decides that she's going to take control of her own body and she's going to let these men do things to her. And then when they're done after, you know, two minutes, she makes tons of money and it's whatever. It's a really interesting look at um, how people look at another person depending on their situation. Yeah. And after a few years of that, she's like, why can't I choose the men? Like, you know, I don't have to take all the jobs. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then finally, like, yeah, she moves on from that to like, you know what? I, I miss my life, you know, around medicine and everything. So she makes a pretty back to that. And then it's like heartbreaking when, um, you know, circles back around and, uh, the guy she escaped from f- finds her because um, of Duncan, and uh, mm-hmm. he's like, you know, he's like some you know lord of I don't know some part of the country, and forces her to oh, come yeah. back. And they, you know they have that dinner scene of like, you know, you do realize that I'm your baby, right? And you want to, <laughs> you know, treat me like your yeah. wife. And the way he treats people and. um you know, it's horrible, but I did laugh really hard too at a joke at the marriage scene where uh, Willem Dafoe's coughing and Mark Ruffalo says, look, he's coughing blood, not air like everybody else. And that mask guy says, he has cancer, you fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's. Well, but he got what's coming to him. He became a goat at the end. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Yeah, no, that movie's awesome. 
and yeah, people should see it. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. And I, you know, Emerson already has one Oscar. So I'm like, I don't know what her chances are like getting two, but I, yeah, I'd rather her get the Oscar for this than La La Land, you know? Yeah. I, I think, but like I said earlier, it's just her transformation. And you mentioned it too. is just so incredible in this film. It's so specific. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and you believe her at each step because the film was so well written that even when she started becoming a little more articulate, um, she would still slip into, um, you know, Bella wants to do this. Um, and she slowly learned how to uh, drop that from her vernacular and become a successful doctor. So, <laughs> it, yeah, it's just a really well-made film and, and lots of fun. I, I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun seeing movies this week. Good. Um, here's the big news story of the week. It's real news. Um, yeah, so Jonathan Majors was convicted of assaulting his girlfriend, and Marvel dropped him. Dropped the hammer. Yep, which they should, because I was reading um, the Variety article about what his girlfriend said he did to her. And the bruises she had, and and fuck that guy. So, yeah. um, wait, I know wait. everyone's. It's, it's a shame because he's oh. such a brilliant actor. But oh, yeah, yeah, he's talking about great. shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah, he's great, but you don't hit women. And you don't treat people that way. So yeah, um, it, everyone's freaking out. Marvel already has an out. Like he's just make a different variant. Like it doesn't matter. You don't have to explain it. They never explain why there's three three different looking Peter Parkers. Just yeah, it's a different it's a different Kang. Who cares? They've, they've recast uh, Rhodey like very early exactly. on, like it's been done before. And guess what? You don't even have to say he's a variant. He's just Kang. And guess what? Kang can change his appearance. Yeah. So, um, it, it, Marvel only has Deadpool three coming out next year, so. They do have time to kind of recalibrate what they're doing, um, which they probably need anyways. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, it's been like, what, two or three years since they announced they like had X-Men and Fantastic Four back in their, their mm-hmm. stable. Like they, I think they yeah. really just need to focus on that because that's what people want. Yeah, which, I mean, I, obviously with Deadpool, I'm sure a lot of X-Men are going to be making appearances in it. Yeah. Um, but like, I think people want the, like the Marvel Cinematic Universe adaptations of those characters i agree and um it seems like some things are starting to pick up steam you know like blade and i think that's cool you know focus on um different characters and um because they kind of got a they i I agree with bob Iger where they maybe put too much out um again i don't think their stuff is necessarily bad but we've been talking about it for a couple of years. Like, what is what is the goal? Where in Thanos, you had some sort of goal. Yeah, and like this, all the post credit scenes, like like they were setups for Thanos. And I was thinking back mm-hmm. to recently this last phase, and like all the post credit scenes are just like, hey, we adapted a character from the book, and they're going to appear eventually, maybe, but you don't know why. Yeah, agreed. So I, I want to see something like that where there's consequences, and you know. In the post-credits, because you brought it up, but yeah, Thanos at the end of the first Avengers, you know, says, "Fine, I'll do it myself." Or uh, is it Thor: Dark World? One of them. Um, but he's basically signaling, you know, he's coming. 
Yeah. And there's that threat constantly coming here. It seems like Kang is the threat to Loki <laughs> and then yeah. Ant-Man. And we yeah. don't know. Yeah. Doctor Strange played. had that like Charlie's Theron post credit thing. You're just like, mm-hmm. I don't know what that character has to do with Kang. Uh, mm-hmm. Eternals had like the Black Knight. I don't know what that has to do with Kang. Mm-hmm. Um, the Ten Rings, they had like Hulk show up as Banner. Like for some reason, like I thought yeah. he was the permanently merged Hulk and then the rings and we haven't seen the rings or like what they have to do with Kang. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. So hopefully that'll give them time to think about it. Um, yeah, that was a big news story of the week, but, um, yeah, treat people right. And assaulting people is never okay. Um, I don't care how big of a star you are. And this is the thing we watched this week. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Brad, is there something that tickled your fancy this week? Uh, let's see. Um, yeah, I watched a, a classic called Night of the Hunter. Oh, yeah, that's a good movie. You've seen that one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't think or so as much. <laughs> no? No. Uh, like, it's, yeah, it's moody and disturbing, but, like, it's one of those movies, like, and the thing I have a problem with, like, old acting is, like, it never really feels like people are listening to each other. They're just reciting the lines. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just acting for themselves rather than two other characters. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, that was, yeah, a little annoying. And then, of course, there's, like, jittery, jittery camera work in places and, uh, like, choppy editing, which I'm guessing this is just a byproduct of working with film back then. You know, not the best... Mm. Um, where did you watch it on? At the Alamo. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Like it like it was a pristine print, but there's just like, yeah. I'd have to watch it again. I have the criterion, so I can't remember it cutting like that, but I could yeah. just be blocking it from my mind. I don't know. There's like these flyover scenes where you know, like someone shot it from a helicopter and just mm-hmm. like the camera's just shaking crazy. Like you're like, mm-hmm. you left this in. Um <laughs> and then there's like one part where uh he gets like trapped in the basement and like it cuts this other frame of something else and then cuts back to him. It's like, oops, <laughs> like, where'd that <laughs> edit come from? Um, yeah. But yeah. The biggest thing is just like, it definitely feels like, you know, do your lines in this take cut. We got it. And like, maybe most people aren't <laughs> the same people aren't in the same room for that take, especially with the kids. Mm. So, <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I like that movie a lot. I, I I have to watch it again, but I love the mood of it. I love the pastor character, and yeah, that's the most interesting thing is yeah, uh, him as the pastor. But anyway, yeah. would you watch classic? Uh, I only really watch Christmas movies because my wife gets on these weird kicks. But I she finally sat down and watched Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and she says, "Wow, that movie's really entertaining." I said, "I know, I've been saying this." For she hadn't the seen time it? we've been, no, exactly the time we've been together. Wow. It was my favorite Robert Downey Jr. movie, but this year I kind of put down my foot because she'd always make me watch Gremlins, which I love, and always watch Nightmare Before Christmas, and always watch Home Alone, and always watch like her specific Christmas movies, and and Batman Returns and stuff. But this year I said, you know, we should watch freaking Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I said it's really good. I promise you, it's awesome. And she said, yeah, it's really funny and. Um, entertaining. I said, I know. <laughs> I told I'm surprised. You this James like probably t- told her for years before you too. I know. Yeah, chicks, man. 
So yeah, that's all I really watched this week was old Christmas movies. Um, but they were fun, you know, gremlins and home alone. Those are always fun to watch. Totally. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's all I watched this week. Cool. Um, next week we're seeing Aquaman and the lost kingdom. Um, so stay tuned for that. And remember, send us your list for film explosion in 2023. We record on January 7th and we'll see you at the movies. Thanks for listening to Real Nerds Podcast, a Nebulous Visions production. Stream or download episodes, read articles at realnerdspodcast.com. Stream us on Apple or Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. Follow us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. Twitter and Instagram, at Real Nerds. Watch us on YouTube, Real Nerds Podcast. Email us at realnerds at gmail.com. Call us at 720-6Nerds5. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill, Mike at Plan 9 Studios, and Bologna for all of our groovy theme songs. And that's how you fucking do it.